now's the time on Sprockets when we mm-hmm. dance to the music of. <laughs> Are you, is that my cue? <laughs> yeah, that's your I cue. failed. How's it going, eh? It's going all right. Excellent. It's a strange world. Multnomah County is opening up and mm. about to go under mandatory masking. Yes. Uh, is that a statewide or a countywide thing? I'm not, I think it's countywide. Okay. I think it's an order specifically for our county. I see. Portland area. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. I saw that the governor was going to, I don't know if order is the right word, but uh, more than highly recommend. I think that's the only recourse she has for this kind of instruction Mm -hmm. uh, is to issue an executive order. Yeah. But under the powers of public health or emergency, a state of emergency, she is doing some of these mitigation efforts. And so far the courts have not stopped her. (laughs) Right. But that may, I don't know, who knows, maybe the challenges will die down because there is less restriction. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many, People are going to just be up in arms about masks being required. Yeah. There will certainly be a number of businesses that insist on them. So, which is their purview, their right to do, mm-hmm. just like uh, requiring shoes. Yep, exactly. Hey, you guys had shirts on when you came in here. There's something happened to them, on. <laughs> Come on, Spicoli, just put the shirts back on. You see that sign? No shirt, no shoes, no dives. <laughs> right. Learn it. Know it. Live it. Well, <laughs> uh, I went to uh, McDonald's this morning and I saw some people that were walking across the parking lot and they got about almost to the door and turned around and went and got their masks out of the car. Uh, nice. <laughs> so I was waiting in the drive-thru. Yeah. I have, so, at the beginning of the return to work, I asked a number of people if they had masks, mm-hmm. not, of course, insisting that they wear them, but uh, there were uh, there were a number of people who said, oh, all right, uh, it's in my car, I'll go get it. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that was responsible. Good, mm-hmm. good for you. I didn't have to harangue you, and you didn't have to roll your eyes at me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I expect <laughs> will happen a lot come Wednesday when the order goes into effect. Yeah. I've already had be. a couple of people who say, well, I'm just going to claim a medical exemption. Ha <laughs> ha. Like, well, I, you'll have to tell us what that is. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a HIPAA violation and you'll be fined $75,000. <laughs> HIPAA violation. I read it on this meme that somebody sent me on mm-hmm. Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Great. You're just like, well, do you have a note? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I have to do with it at school. Yeah. Do you have a note from the doctor that right. says you can't participate in my class? Exactly. Just <laughs> uh, you go get ooh, a note. My mom called. And we'll accommodate you. Uh, just, mm-hmm. What is the what is the medical condition? And then I still don't have to let you in the store if you refuse to wear a mask. You just right. wait outside and we'll get your order. Yeah. It's almost uh, <laughs> more convenient for you, for you if you mm-hmm. get to wait outside and somebody brings the stuff out. I don't know. That's how it was in the beginning. A lot of... Yeah. A lot of food food places just made people wait at the entrance. They blocked it all off, and then mm-hmm. said, "Okay, wh- what are you what are you going to have?" And then they yeah. would order, they would wait, 
and then they would make it and bring it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that was a fast food ish hmm. place that I went to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just put a table right at the doorway. They they propped the door open, right? But they had a table blocking the yeah. entrance with a cash register, yes, and a big plexiglass thing, or was it plexiglass? <laughs> I think it was that came way down, you know, to about waist level. Mm-hmm. And then they could hand, you know, there's like a little slot they could hand the meal through, and they locked the other door. And that was that. Yeah, same. I had a table. So, Didn't yeah. move the cash registers, but... Well, it, it also helped them keep their all their... Um, what do you call that when there's... Is it point of display items, like mm-hmm. uh, impulse purchase right. stuff? Yeah. What do you call that? Sometimes it's point of sale, but impulse point, point of sale. purchase yeah. Yeah. something. Yeah. That's often that, a thing. Right, yeah. right there at the table between you and the cash register. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As usual. Yeah. As usual. So. That's, that's been Virus Update. <laughs> yeah, Father's Day. Well, it is Father's Day. Right. And I got a little cute card huh. that uh, little girl uh, colored on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let's see. What else? And, oh, yeah. And I got some, some rubs for the uh, use on the grill. Mm, meat Spice rubs. rubs. Yeah, one of them is indeed called. I think two of them are called meat rub. Mm-hmm. And there's oh, a chicken rub and a sh- fish rub <laughs> and something else. Steak rub. I mean. you need to massage so, those chickens. That's right. <laughs> yeah, the little uh, the little chick is not so little anymore. It's oh, getting getting pretty big. Wow. Can't <laughs> it can't fit in in and out of the the main wire the main fencing anymore. Mm. Before it could just flip, you know, dart in and out of there oh. in the, in the chicken yard. And so it would go out where the, the tastiest grass was available still mm-hmm. that they all hadn't uh, eaten away uh. in their yard. And, um, now it, there's, it, there's like a little gate area that it can duck under. Mm. I didn't know they ate a lot of grass. Uh, yeah. Well, it, if it's there, sure. Huh. Yeah. They'll eat anything. Weird. You know, you should see what they're doing to this watermelon. <laughs> um, I mean, they just, all that was left of the last piece was, a, was the label. <laughs> I did not know. So, I had no idea. <laughs> Megan put the slab of uh, watermelon out there, the end piece, right. you know, and they just went after it. Right. And it was down to the, the latest piece was just uh, sort of the white, real thin layer. How strange. Yeah. I thought they were, I knew they were somewhat omnivorous. They'll eat bugs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, stereotypically <laughs> worms, I suppose. They eat rodents. But wow, yeah. I guess it's yeah, the, the same, you would just imagine as most birds, they're capable of mm-hmm. <laughs> any manner of atrocities. <laughs> Indeed, yes. So they keep the, the rodent population down Weird. inside their very small area. How strange. Do they gang up on them, or just if they feel know. like I, it, they can overwhelm them with their their <laughs> their weaponry? Yes, I have not seen it happen. Oh, I just okay. I've just heard about it. So oh, there goes a vulture over the field. Yeah, interesting. Oh, and soaring a lot. Nature's garbage men. Yeah, garbage persons. <laughs> oh no, that's got a different context. We could talk about garbage persons if you want, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mentioned a few of them in days past. Yeah. Hey, stop talking bad about my town, man. Why don't you make me? I don't make trash. I burn it. Then I guess you're a garbage man. Well, I know you are, but what am I? A garbage man? Oh, I know you are, but what am I? A garbage man? I know you are, but what am I? A garbage man? Takes one to know one. Checkmate! <laughs> From Lemon of Troy. <laughs> yes. One of the only only re- reasons a database is still okay in my book. Oh, I see. 
Didn't isn't he the one that oh, right. came in from the side? Checkmate. I think that's At true. The end. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Database. <laughs> oh my. Before we get to your music share, let me do a quick plug for the soundtrack show podcast mm-hmm. again. I love this thing. It is uh, quite a lot of John Williams stuff. Hmm. However, the latest episode that I'm listening to, it's not his latest episode, but the one I'm listening to is an interview with uh, Mike Mattesino, who I'll call a sound wizard. Mm-hmm. He restores and remasters and reissues soundtracks. Hmm. Okay, so the first thing he worked on was in 1994 or 1997, I forget, it was The Sound of Music, and somebody called him to go to 20th Century Fox and help out with the RCA or somebody was going to issue a, a Sound of Music soundtrack recording. What year was this? I think it was 94, Okay, I believe. Um, the soundtrack show guy knew about him in 97 because they met okay. when he was doing a original trilogy of Star Wars soundtrack work. Hmm. So he shows up to 20th Century Fox in their um, recording suite, <laughs> their magnificent dubbing area. Hmm. And there were guys in masks and there was like this, he said, this vinegary smell. And they were taking uh, film out of a can and there was dust coming out. And he's like, holy crap, what is, th- what is this? And the film was degrading, mm-hmm. right? You know, in front of their eyes, sure. one of the reels, he's, the guy told him, he said, we'll probably get one go at this, Ugh. one play. So, um, you know, so they made a preservation recording of <laughs> said, the soundtrack. Ah, thanks for telling me. No pressure, jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't in charge. Mike Medicino wasn't in oh, charge of the, the project at that time, okay. Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. Now he is, you know, 20 years plus later. Right. His, he I've heard his name in various circles. Yeah, big, yeah. big with uh, Star Wars and Star Trek mm-hmm. issues yeah. of of the recordings, but many, many other things. I've, I've heard it here and there. He said he does he does up to like 120 soundtracks a year. Wow. Yeah. So he said they put him to work, you know, um, along with other engineers, but they made a preservation recording of the movie, and that's it. That's all that's left, <laughs> you know, for for them to do transfers and other things from. Wow. Now. It's organic material. What happened to the original tapes then? So the original tapes, like I say, they were degrading. Oh, I thought this was film stock. Well, this is part of his his uh, learning experience <laughs> over time. Yeah. Is that like every studio has their own way of of doing things. Sure. They have their own way of of recording, obviously, yeah. but onto all kinds of different media mm-hmm. and all kinds of different storage techniques and uh, <laughs> or lack of them. <laughs> Yeah, all kinds of atmospheric uh, differences. Um, So some is preserved better than others. And some is probably better recorded than others, regardless of era. Some do multi-track. Some just did the mix. You know, that's all that's left, uh, the mixed version. So he has to work with all the different versions. So as a result of working on Sound and Music and then some other projects, he said, you know what, I'm just going to make my own studio Mm -hmm. and do this on my own time. As he got to be a kind of a project manager, it, it's really hard to tell an audio engineer what you want to, to hear, mm-hmm. you know, it's like do this. No, not that. I want, <laughs> I want this sound or take out that sound that I'm hearing that it's just way easier if I do it myself, he said. Oh. And also studio time is really expensive yes. to do it at their, at the studio in their recording facility. Right. So he built his own mastering studio at his house or wherever. And, um, and then he can, he said, if I want to take three weeks on a project like I did with Jaws, mm-hmm. then I can do that. Or if, uh, if I'm working on a problem and it's 
uh, a solution is not available, I can set it aside, work on something else while I think about this and come back to it later. Yeah. Well, the democratization um, of technology and the increase in processing yeah. ability means mm -hmm. once the thing is digitized, you don't have to use a mechanical facility at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can keep it all. I mean, obviously they, <laughs> they all have Pro Tools recording stuff now, but you, you don't have to use anybody else's studio. You could take the tracks and work on them just as well on your own for a few hundred bucks of software and a, yeah. I guess a few thousand bucks in a really nice yeah. computer, but still probably yeah under, you know, a couple grand. And he does talk about every so often a plugin comes in or is enhanced, you know, the from one version to the next, he's just constantly amazed at the, <clears throat> the geniuses who come up with these noise reduction, for example, sure. uh, plugins. Right. And uh, so he can put something aside and all of a sudden there's an update and, oh, well, that solves mm -hmm. it. Processing has really come a long way, but so has modeling. So the ability mm. to take a sound and put it into an atmosphere of any kind, uh, room sounds are much better, but vintage instruments, say, are much better. The, mm -hmm. the difference between a, a software modeled synth is not very different than an actual thing. You can tell, but man, they used to be really clunky and just near approximations <laughs> of mm -hmm. the thing. And never mind yeah. stuff like uh, auto-tune and uh, <laughs> Melodyne and all that. Yeah. So we can get rid of all kinds of wow and mm -hmm. flutter and hiss and right. everything else. But he said sometimes he has to make a decision. Well, that's just unusable. Right. You know, it's just too far gone, but he's got to have the facility to, to play back stuff mm -hmm. and the wherewithal to, uh, he's kind of an archeologist in the sense that he can, he goes to the studio archives all over town and, and finds the best copy mm -hmm. or the unknown copy. And the other thing he said that was interesting was some movie that wasn't very popular is often preserved better because it wasn't used over and over for transfers mm -hmm. and ha handled, you know, tons of times like some popular right. film would have been. So yeah, he said. Like, Sound of Music was in terrible shape, amazingly. It's one of the most Oscar-winning, beloved... <laughs> it's right there, the Sound of Music. Mm -hmm. Should have had it, it archivable from the get-go, but mm. nope. So, yeah. interesting character, to be sure. And he's, um, like I say, he does all those projects. He's he's doing good work to preserve a lot of stuff that otherwise would just be lost. Pretty cool. Yeah, you should, you should listen to that episode. I may. The Soundtrack Show podcast. Yeah. We'll link, the, we'll link mm -hmm. the episode for sure. Excellent. Speaking of music, mm -hmm. <laughs> I have to I have to laugh because now's the time on Sprockets when we mm -hmm. dance to the music of <laughs> the music of Yellow, which of course everyone knows as the source of the Oh Yeah section in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Originally, uh -huh. but <laughs> rapidly spreading to just about every other possible usage in media. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Commercials and promos, cartoons, cartoons yep. and yep. other films of the time. I mean, literally, probably a year later or something, they used it in that uh, Michael J. Fox film, uh, Secret of My Success. Yeah, that's right. One or two years that's later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> in a similar montage sequence. I mean, not even... <laughs> Not even trying to hide it. It's just like, well, we know this thing. You, you're going to love it, so let's just jam it in here. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so, um, but they were making uh, music before that from the, mm. I guess, late 70s. This is Yellow with, Without a W. Y-E-L-L-O. And they uh-huh. are and have been since, I don't know, 1983, been a duo comprising Boris Blank, who composes the music, and Dieter Meyer, mm. who does vocals and conceptual visuals. Ah, okay. Uh, a lot of the theme stuff. He figures uh-huh. out, including the name. He came up with the name. He thought it should sound like a, a children's toy, like Lego. So it's hmm. yellow. All right. Yeah, he's particularly interesting and one might even say brilliant as a, a conceptual artist, I think. They call him a performance artist, but... He must be the one with the hat and the mustache. He is the older yeah. of the two and the more okay. public persona... I think Boris is not necessarily shy, but definitely more so than than Dieter Meyer. Uh, Dieter inherited millions from his private banker father. So his mm. father built himself up from a, a poor nobody in Switzerland to a, a banking mogul. And then mm. Dieter inherited uh, some of that money, mm-hmm. uh, the bulk of it, I would assume. And he just turned it into a lifestyle, really. Mm. But didn't shy away from entrepreneurship. He's been involved in a lot of businesses over the years, including one or two that uh, are involved in music production. But he also has sold what he's done wine and uh, recently chocolate, boutique chocolate, and a number of art projects that I find really fun and fascinating, just like the music of Yellow. Mm-hmm. So as a pricey, uh, for a Documenta 5, Documenta is a long-running art fair in Europe, and he participated in 1972 at the fifth annual fair with, mm. <laughs> with a project that involved installing a cast iron plaque in the, I guess it's the floor, of a, a train platform, Bahnhofplatz mm-hmm. in Kassel. And then it says something like, on the 23rd of March, 1994, Dieter Meyer will stand on this spot from 3 to 4 p.m. <laughs> so 22 years later, he came back uh-huh. and amid much fanfare and video clips, of course, sure. did the thing. He stood on that plaque for an hour yeah. at 3 o'clock. There must have been a big crowd. You know what I mean? Waiting for him. If only because of the strangeness of the phenomenon. I mean, it's yeah. like a, it was a weird thing and a, a, a relatively famous Swiss person uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> doing something in public uh, to fulfill mm-hmm. this long-standing concept. And I, yeah, yeah. I just really, really enjoy that as an idea. A lot of con- conceptual art is interesting just because it's strange or same, and performance mm-hmm. art the same. But this one is cool for raising all kinds of questions in your mind about the nature of time and uh, the future. And even for me, a rumination on the idea that humans are uniquely able to (laughs) envision the future like this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a, it's not a survival sort of instinct for anybody else. It's not a, it's not a trait for survival for any other species that we know of. This is, yeah, yeah. 22 years of Mm -hmm. waiting when you have no idea if you're going to live that long. Obviously he didn't, but Mm -hmm. just a, a, just a fascinating sort of person all around. And so the two of them have been 
not wildly <laughs> deviating from their signature sound, I would say, but always questing for something new within that dynamic that they have. And uh, mm. incorporating humor as well as danceability and melody and beat <laughs> of, the, of the music that they do. The catchiness, yeah. right? The hooks of <laughs> the songs yeah. that they make. And they are often pretty catchy. So that brings us to the actual share, which is... Yeah. Wabaduba. Wabaduba. <laughs> which isn't really a set of phonemes that I hear in that song. Okay, I but, don't either. I was going to ask you about yeah. that. Even in the video, they don't really seem to be saying Wabaduba at any point. No, it's but, close, but not, not mm -hmm. that. Do you want me to do Don't take me for a fool. I'm only a man. I jump out of the can. But it, it's a it's really fun. I like the official video mm -hmm. where they're in and dancing and, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. um, mouthing yeah. <laughs> and stuff. It's really silly and right. almost um, mesmerizing visuals sure. in some spots and yeah, yeah. fun and certainly danceable. I think so. I really enjoy when people can take their music n not so seriously all the mm -hmm. time. Like I, I'm down with serious music, but to have fun, it's not always apparent. And yeah. they always look like they're having an, a, a blast doing mm -hmm. what they do. And they are, it's just two old Swiss men. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dieter <laughs> is like 73 or 74 now. So they're not skinny, but they mm. look like they're pretty, uh, pretty pliable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're moving around pretty well. Yeah. For sure. Just, I mean, you know, that European thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. Excellent. It, it just came out, as far as I know, uh, maybe Friday even. It was in, or last week, let's say. It was mm. on my release radar, and it took me by surprise. I, I was walking home, uh, and randomly played my Spotify 
release radar list and suddenly there was this song that i instantly knew had to be yellow <laughs> i was like wait is this discover because discover sometimes throws you stuff that you have long known about from years past but uh but yeah that it's uh, it's brand new it's very fun i'm looking forward to the album uh, a lot oh. mm -hmm. excellent you know what i'm looking forward to doing something else <laughs> <laughs> in a way I'm looking forward to telling people that it's just called Two Brothers is the name of the podcast that you've been listening to. Uh, I'm Marcus. I've been James. All right. Maybe someday we'll consistently introduce the show. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> if we want to. No, man. It's their thing. You never know if or when they're going to announce what the show you gotta is. you got to hear this. It's like a game, man. <laughs> <laughs> the world's simplest drinking game. Uh, once. You might get away with it once. Yeah. Well, if you want to send us your drinking games, mm. you can send it to bros at it's just called two brothers.com. Yeah, if you tweet, you can tweet at us at IJC2B. And we'll be back again on another exciting or, oh, wow. or banal episode. <laughs> way, way to blow up the expectations there. Honestly. I said or banal. <laughs> it's an episode. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's an ending. <laughs> All right. Very good. Cool. Not bad. Mm -hmm. um, went a little longer than a quick record, but yeah, as, right. as we do, we did. We did start pretty fast this time, though. I, yeah, so. I threw in that Mike Mattesino thing at the last second, so I I'm was glad. just going to do Father's Day. I, I like some vague topics with some spontaneity in it. That's our thing. Mm. I, I just—it's uh, just two dudes, two bros yep. having a conversation. Two bros. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop recording. All right, we got to do something set up here. One thirty-six is that this episode? 136. Sean Bennett. Okay, stop.